0: Hey, humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey, Human podcast. This is episode 327, and I had a conversation with Marcella. Marcella was born in Colombia and began touring the world as a performing artist and musician at a young age. She speaks several languages and is a medical interpreter as well as a music and voice teacher. She's about to have her second baby, and she's been dealing with something called, let's see if I get this right, hypermesis gravidarum. Uh, it's basically, if you followed along with the Kate Middleton pregnancy, uh, it's what she had. It's extreme morning sickness, which afflicted her with her first pregnancy as well. Marcel's first pregnancy was also, uh, she was quite ill for that. And we discuss growing up fast, how she's dealt with her pregnancies, especially given that she uses her voice for her work, and if you're throwing up all the time, it's pretty hard on the old vocal cords. Uh, we talk about what she did for love, and a whole lot more, so it's a fun episode, and she's just the sweetest human being. I've seen her perform a handful of times in Nashville, and she's an excellent musician and singer, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to you hearing this episode if you're looking for more episodes older episodes of hey human and can't find them on your apps that only hold 300 episodes at a time you can go to blurby.com slash hey human with susan ruth that's b-l-u-b-r-r-y if anybody's wondering how to spell blurby, uh, there you'll find all the episodes from the very beginning. You can also visit heyhumanpodcast.com, of course, and click episode links on either the podcast section or the humans section of the site. Either way, you will find links to the episodes. In other news, please check out heyhumanpodcast.com for links to learn more about my guests and the show, susanruth.com to learn more about me, and please follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media. Also, uh, please check out my new relationships and sex show, Are We There Yet?, with sexologist and healthcare practitioner Mara Edelman. She's a good friend of mine, and we started the show. It's on YouTube. You can find it at youtube.com. Slash, are we there yet? Podcast show. If you want to email me about anything, then please do so: Susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Be well. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. And wherever you are, I'm um, sending you love. All right, here we go. Hi, Marcella. Welcome to Hey Human. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure.
1: Uh, you are in Nashville right now? In Nashville, yes. Nashville, Tennessee. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Colombia, in Bogota. I was there like in there until I was about 15.
0: Being 15, I imagine you have a ton of memories from childhood.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's, um, it's a very big, crazy eclectic city, you know, like it has now it's like almost 10 million people. So it's like a like big concrete jungle. And I I grew up like that. That's where all, like all I knew city life. <laughs> you know, when I started traveling, especially in Asia, because it was even more remote, you know, like the concept of Colombia. And they will ask me things like that, like if we still use horses for transportation sometimes, or things like that. And I mean, and I'm sure that happens in Colorado, but To me, it was like no, not in Bogota. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting that I guess the movies
0: play a part on that too. Maybe sure. And of course, the other stereotype is that, especially Bogota, is, is filled with mobsters and cocaine dealers and gun runners. Did you experience <sighs> yeah. that to be a cliche that people put on you?
1: Yes yes absolutely especially when we started traveling like in the 90s late 90s and like early 2000s like you know people look at my passport and sometimes you're like oh colombia or like a little i don't know like uh and i yeah like <laughs> I forgot an forgot eye it. roll oh, eyebrow. Right. yeah exactly or uh, of the
0: eyebrow a suspicion <laughs>
1: yes yeah, there was one time actually i was um studying, I, I was going to say where, but then I, it doesn't matter. In a university, in a college, somewhere in a country, in the world. And a person asked me, this. my classmate asked me if I had some cocaine in my bag because I was from Colombia and he thought it was a funny thing to say. And I don't know why I got so angry that time. I mean, some people have made some remarks before, but I got very angry. And I just started yelling. It was, it was a bar, like a place, you know, for, for a college student. And I just thought like, he's looking for cocaine, anyone, if you, if anyone, or you can help him. And he was so embarrassed. He was like, because, I mean, you need to know. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to think before you talk. And-
0: yeah, for but sure. Tell me about it. childhood. What did you do as a kid? Uh, what, what Do you have siblings? Did you have a close um, family? I do.
1: Well, my dad remarried. So I'm an only child from the marriage Mm, and they came later so I didn't really grow up with siblings I grew up kind of like with an only child but I was very close to my cousins because my mom's family they are so close that we used to spend like a lot of time together like a lot a lot like almost like every day we'd be together and so I grew up with them
0: that's the best of both worlds you don't have to share your own toys but you still get pseudo siblings to play with exactly uh, what made your family come to america then at 15
1: my family didn't come to america they are oh. all still in, in colombia so i moved here actually from singapore and uh yeah that was in 2009 but 15 no i didn't come here when i was 15 so when oh. i was 15 i started touring internationally so that's what i like until i remember i grew up and lived in bogota after that i i went back and forth but i was never like officially maybe in my heart i was already like traveling Or i was not like living there i always wanted to travel it was something and it's funny i'm the only one in my family that ended up like that they all like it there <laughs> they live in colombia
0: was the traveling for music for music yes singing were you always a singer i think i was always a singer
1: since i can remember i always like to sing and when i was five i remember performing for the first time with a band at school i was very annoying i remember that too i thought it was cool but now that i think about it i was very annoying and i insist so much and they finally let me be part of the band uh, you you know, like, yeah, you know you were supposed to apply like for a certain grade but I was only five I was not even in first grade yet but I loved it and I just kept going and going and they let me be part of it and that was my first uh, performance
0: I love that you harassed them into letting you perform <laughs> I think it's so funny that I never saw it that way but now that I look back yeah, I definitely did. how did that shape you uh, as a young person to travel all over the world like that. I think he taught me that life was so
1: much more than what I could have ever imagined. And that made me question everything. Because he was like, oh, there are so many different people and they live very differently. What, what I think is right, they think is wrong. And I mean, so many things. And I remember at the beginning, I noticed the differences a lot like how we ate different like they ate spicy food it was challenging for me they spoke a different language that I didn't speak and I saw that but at one point and I think that happened when I was in China it took me a few years but then I saw that we were like so similar at the same time I remember I was eating and there was this gentleman that came and joined his family at the restaurant And it was like, I don't know, 5 or 6 p.m. And I just started playing this story in my head. Like, he had just come from work. His kids are there. They probably hate Mondays, too. Like, they have the same, you know. And I realized that we were all so similar. And so that definitely changed me. Although going through all that definitely made me, I don't know, see the world very different.
0: Do you think it made you grow up faster or too quickly, even? Yes and yes, uh, but
1: yeah, no. and maybe not just the traveling, but music, music like, you know, to be touring all the time, I was going to bed at like, I don't know, two in the morning, three in the morning, and I mean, I was praying in, in like concerts, it was not like bars, like it was all like, you know, very... And I nice set up for a teenager, like I don't want to do it because I'm like, oh, she was going to, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's, it's the music business. It's the arts I and mean, it happens at night when you perform and then you want to go eat and you're with your friends. And I think that first of all, made me like mature sooner. Like I remember going to high school and my classmates were completely in a different group and they were asking for like permission to go out for a show or like things like that. Oh, they have no money. And I was already working, like touring. It was, it was different. It definitely... Um, and then traveling too, you realize that you need to really kind of like take care of yourself and, and keep it together and know, like think about your, your steps carefully because you're in a different country and, and it learns you to be more respect, teaches you to be more respectful and...
0: Did you have a guardian that would tour with you or did one of your parents go with you?
1: Uh, I had a guardian. It was not officially officially my guardian, but when I started touring, because I was when I was like 16. So at 14, I started singing like professionally all the time. Like when I was 16 was when the first uh, trip came up. And I had already been with the band for two years and they were all a lot older than I was. Like the band leader was about maybe 12 or 13 years older because I was really young, right? They were like some in their thirties and stuff. So my mom trusted them so much and they were amazing. I mean, we have already been playing together for two years. So when the trip came about, they were like, well, we'll take care of her. And my mom, said yes but I think it was also kind of like the situation when I was five I think I harassed my mom until I said yes (laughs) I remember I did a power powerpoint presentation and I told her why she needed to let me go to this tour uh in Malaysia which was like the other side of the world like it couldn't have been Miami no it was like all the way but that's you know that was like what we brought, I guess, is the synchronicity, and that's how we started touring. How many countries have you performed in at this point? I'll have to count. Honestly, I don't know. I know that I have lived in like about eight countries, but perform, yeah, many all over the world, all over the world. Well, I haven't been to Australia yet. You haven't been to Australia no which i regret because i used to live in asia and it was relatively close and now it seems so far away i should have. Mm. you should i still can
0: though you still can yes you're right i still can of some of the countries that you've been to are there any particular places that really stand out or people that really stand out for you
1: yes i was just trying to say because that's always difficult to like choose one because they, oh, the world is just so big and but there are places where you feel like you or for me like that, that you like kind of belong there and those places for some reason they have a special place in my heart and uh and that happened that has happened a few times like in singapore for example to me singapore is like my second home like i just felt so I don't know, and and with the people I was working, and and it was when I started doing jazz, I have these fond memories of sharing music. I loved how they are so, it's like a melting pot. They're like people from all over the world, and then people speak different languages. They even have four official languages. And that was really cool, just to get to see that, how we we celebrate the Pavali, but we celebrate Chinese New Year, we celebrate Hari Raya, And we all live together. I lived there for three years and it was really cool.
0: (laughs) How many languages do you speak?
1: I speak, okay, in that order, like Spanish, English, Mandarin, Portuguese. Probably my Portuguese now is better than my Mandarin because I use it more than... So probably Portuguese, Mandarin, and a little Malay, which is what they speak in Malaysia and in Indonesia. But that one, I don't know how good it is. I haven't used it in 15... 20 years i don't know it'll
0: probably come back to you if you were there though
1: probably if i was there you know i tell people like i'm i really not very smart for languages but if you're in a place and you need to survive like you need to eat or go to a doctor you learn it you just have to like a kid and yeah. that's why i learned mentoring because nobody spoke and it was so challenging and i remember i got food poisoning and after that i signed up at the chinese school <laughs> I need to learn this because it was challenging. I was touring and it was just hard. That, by the way, that food poisoning, I think it happened in China. Oh, that can happen anywhere. Like, uh, <laughs> when, I, when I lived
0: in Tennessee, the first year I lived there, I got food poisoning five times easily. I mean, it was crazy. Okay. <laughs> <Tennessee>. <laughs> I'm curious, ago. having traveled all over the world, what's one of the most interesting things you've ever eaten? That's a, That would be a local dish to wherever you were.
1: Oh... You know, I, so they have, there have been some things on my plate that I haven't eaten, <laughs> like a scorpio that I just couldn't, and that happened in China, and I was like, no, but there was one thing I ate, and I didn't know what it was, and, and it's probably one of the stranger's things that I've, that I've eaten. So, in my first, uh, the first trip, I went to Kuala Lumpur, to Malaysia, and we went out for dinner. And again, the food was spicy, like I didn't know what it was. So we were eating, and there were like different dishes in the, on the table. You know, the Chinese use a lot the lazy susan and you just kind of take a little bit.
0: I take offense to that. <laughs> <Okay>. I know.
1: <laughs> Why couldn't it be a lazy daisy or something? Could
0: have been anybody.
1: <laughs> no, right? We will work on that. <laughs> and, um, there was this dish that was like eggs with tomatoes and it looked familiar, like an omelette kind of thing. And we were all eating. It was just not me, especially the other vocalists; It was two of us, two girls and the drummer. And we were really like, you know, with rice. Then we never thought about asking what it was. And it had a frog insides with the eggs. <laughs> it was delicious. But uh, yeah then, but that that taught me to always ask and know and like okay I'm not not in Kansas City anymore like I'm not in Colombia anymore I have to check I have been, like I don't know the frog tastes a lot like chicken it was like chicken yeah, yeah it's like kind of and it was almost like veggies it almost looked like mushrooms actually like chopped mushrooms okay oh my goodness <laughs> I wanted to go back for a second to the previous question that that you asked me because I thought it's just so hard. Like Singapore was my second home, but I think that there are two places where I eventually want to leave, and uh, because they're just you know are so special. And like one is Bali, which oh. where I have spent a lot of time. Like Bali,
0: yeah,
1: and um, one is Puerto Rico. We visited last year, and I just felt that I was like from there for some reason. And it was funny. Actually, my husband was freaking out because I was driving, and after a little while, I was not using the GPS, and was like, "Well, now you're freaking me out," <laughs> because it was like I just built there. So I think that that's you know, there are so many beautiful places. I wish I had like more time and more money to just travel more.
0: Yeah, to be a global yeah. citizen is is an extraordinary gift.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: What brought you to the United States?
1: Mm, love. My first husband was, or is from here. He's from Memphis. So, after being married for like two years, I think, we decided to come here to be closer to our families. Because we were living in Singapore, we got married, we met in China, and we got married in Singapore. And it was great. Like, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> But then my dad got sick, and I remember getting that phone call and like, you know, he needs surgery, and if you can come before the surgery, you should. But you're on the other side of the world. There is not come now kind of thing. It takes so much it, to be like finding the ticket and the connections and the blah, blah, blah. So I got home. I got after surgery. Everything went well, but it makes you think about that.
0: The distance. So,
1: yeah. yeah, the distance, that you're really on the other side of the world, in an island, if something happened, and God forbid, if something serious happened, that's it. Like, you're just, you're there. And, um, and we decided to come to the States because of that. And we moved to Memphis, from Singapore to Memphis.
0: And then what brought you to Nashville?
1: Uh, also because of him, well, it's funny, I now I think it was music. Like now I think it was what I do that that was kind of like slowly bringing me here. But it uh, really was because he got a job. We were living in Memphis. He got a job with the Nature Conservancy. But I was already starting to work with a musician, with a bass player. His name is Victor Wooten. And we had already like uh, written a song and we had done a, a little touring together. So when he asked me, do you want to go to Nashville? i was like, yes, I want
0: to go to Nashville. And I was pretty crazy. I was sold. you said first husband. So was that something that didn't work out? So you know what is funny?
1: Um, we were so different and we're, we're still good friends. We divorced in the best terms. Like I never thought you could get divorced like that. I remember we were holding hands and like, then we went to sign the papers and the judge asked us like two times, like, are you sure you want to like, should I grant these?" We were like so short. We were very different. And he wanted to be in the mountains and I liked the city. I wanted to do shows. And we just realized that we started having like this, like we were very happy, but not when we were with each other. I was happy when I was touring and he was happy when he was on a fishing trip camping for three days. So we decided to give each other one year. To live our life like a sabbatical year, to see how we felt without the other. Because we, we were in love. We didn't want to let the other go either. It was funny, actually, now that I think about And I moved to Hawaii. <laughs> he moved to Chattanooga. See, he didn't like the beach either. And, and we decided that it was for the best and, you know, very friendly. We parted ways. And then how did you meet your new husband? I met my new husband through music. Actually, I met him when I was still married, actually. But there was nothing... We became like... Uh, tri- well, he told me he liked me since he told me. But I, I remember we were just friends for like a year and a half. We played music. I One of my best friends here in, in Nashville, we played music since I moved to the city together. We played music together since I moved here. And uh, he told me, there is this mandolin player, and I think that you guys should jam. I think he will like your music. You'll be great. And he keeps saying... And one day he came to the house and uh, my friend was like, come and jam with us. And I did. And we just did really good music together. Then he joined my band. I don't know, maybe three, four months later. And uh, that's how we became friends. I remember we became good friends. And much later, uh, I told him one time, I said, I think I'm ready to start dating after my divorce. And I was like, there is this guy. He asked me out, blah, blah, blah. I left his house, and then he texted me and said, like, I don't know why, but I'm jealous. Aww. Why is not me that asked you to a date? Like, I never thought about it, and I, and I never thought about him. I remember I had to stop the car, be like, what is happening? <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we just kind of started moving from there. I remember I fought it a lot at the beginning. I felt like, I don't know. We played together. What if we messed up our friendship? And, but it worked that.
0: <laughs> and you've had a couple babies, yes? Are you, I know you're pregnant now. Is that number two or number three? Number two. Number
1: two. Yeah. There's a baby boy that we're expecting now. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And we have a daughter, and she's going to be three next month
0: in August. Wow. That's a handful. Yes. <laughs> and is how amazing. is, how's the pregnancy treating you?
1: you know, it's, it's a little hard. I suffer from something called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is a genetic condition. they I've been doing more and more studies recently because Kate Middleton, she suffers from that. And every pregnancy she ended up in the hospital. So it's basically a condition where you a, suffer from severe nausea and vomiting. And it's like, I mean, when I say severe, it can be 20 times a day, like something crazy. It's just, and it happens to like 0.002% of women. They, at the beginning, they didn't know why, or like they just asked you to eat crackers. And so slowly they've been like, oh, it's these two genes that create the placenta. And then it happens to certain people. So thank, you know, thank goodness. Now there more, is more awareness. So that being said, this pregnancy has been better than the one with my daughter. So I try to like tell myself that every day, uh, but it's still a challenge. Like sometimes it just hits me out of nowhere and it's just challenging.
0: How do you keep your nutrients up for the baby and for yourself and also... When you vomit, having done that lots of times in my life, I know what a violent body reaction you have. How do you keep the baby safe when that's happening?
1: You know, with a lot of effort. Like you, now that I feel that in my first pregnancy, I got a PhD on nausea and vomiting. Like I even found a way to to do that without the movement. Like just kind of, I know this is probably disgusting, but you know, maybe it serves a purpose to someone. If you're going through that, please ask for help. And I hope that what I'm about to share serves you. Uh, so I, I learned that sometimes you can just use your whole bodies, like you let it, or you can control it. Like you can use just the spasm when you throw up and then you let it come out. And that is easier on your throat and everything. I had to find a way to take care of my throat because it, it, um, as a vocalist has just been a nightmare. It's like horrible. So I have to be like, how can I, I mean, my throat will bleed. Because I will do it so many times. and
0: oh, all that stomach to, acid, yeah.
1: Oh, it's, it's horrible. So that has been a big thing, finding the right medication too. There are medications for nausea that are saved while you're pregnant. So finding that and kind of staying very vigilant, taking the medication, not letting it, like, kind of take a... a momentum because the nausea the nausea sometimes comes, you can throw up like three times in ten minutes and then after that it's just going downhill and it's hard to come out by yourself you'll end up like in the ER or something so that has been one drinking a lot of fluids and uh you asked me about nutrition this time around i learned about something called juice Plus, which is like a dense nutrition in capsules it's pure veggies and it's no vitamins but pure veggies and fruits and you can take them you can like open it and have it in the um, like a apple sauce if you want or juice but it's very dense nutrition so i'm grateful for that because it's been working like my blood work shows that i'm Okay, you know, even though I'm throwing up, the the blood work is good. And I do feel better comparing to the first pregnancy, which is not always the case. That's a little scary. (laughs) It's like throwing the dice and being brave and see what happens. Does it have an effect on the baby at all? uh, It depends. Yeah, if you do like, if you don't get treatment, you can definitely, you can even have a miscarriage many many of these pregnancies end up in miscarriage or sometimes they have to terminate the pregnancy because your body is just not going to make it as a mom i mean like you're i remember the my first pregnancy there was one time i was hospitalized for 10 days and my organs were already failing like i was not and they asked you like do you want to continue this because you might not make it like both of you might not make it. and you just kind of have to do that so how did you decide
0: that then if you were in organ beginning stages of organ failure they we they have different
1: treatments that they can offer it's just that they they ask you like do you want to go through these like you're really hurting yourself and you know and I was only 20 weeks pregnant and just like I still have halfway and so, but they do have options. And I think that having special doctor, like I mean, like people that first that are aware because that's such a new, it's not a new condition, but the research is new. And now they know why and how to treat it. So having people that are willing to like tell you, let's try this, let's do that. Come to the hospital anytime you want for fluids. It got to be to that point that they will just see me and without triage, nothing. Else. I will come here. And they, you know, instead of making you wait, they already know what's going on. And uh, there was one option that was offered to me that was also scary. It was called a peak line. So they will just put that line and it goes to your aorta and it gives you nutrition. So they completely stop digestion. And that happened for about five or six days. Wow. And that, that helped me. So I got the nutrients yeah. back. So after I was feeling good and I said well let's carry on and they gave me some steroids and and we made it
0: (laughs) for the mothers out there who may be experiencing this uh how do you tell the difference between that condition and regular morning sickness is there a
1: yes yes you can definitely tell like regular morning sickness you feel it like in the morning or at a time of the day you might feel quizzy, you might throw up a little. This is like really violent. Like you can, you were gonna start vomiting. You can vomit three times in an hour. You cannot hold anything down. There is no crackers. There is no ginger. You know all those things. They don't really work, and you have to end up getting fluids. So if you're not being able to hold anything down, you have to throw up more than four or five times. There's no reason why to suffer. Sometimes people say like, "Oh, it's the first trimester. It's very hard." It's not normal to throw up that many times. So always ask, you know, it's better to check. And, and there are a lot of things that they can do, like different remedies that they mm. can tweet and, and stuff. So, oh yeah, definitely ask for help. And when are you due? Um, due uh, beginning of October, end of September. We'll see. because <laughs> so soon. is early. It's very soon, yes.
0: Does the, does the nausea, does it taper off, the illness? toward the the more pregnant you get or is it all the way through it's
1: like you know well there are different theories for some people it's all the way through with my daughter was all the way through i had a little like i don't want to say a break because there was never a break there was not one single day that i didn't throw up when i was pregnant with her so every day but there were some weeks that were better like from week 25 to week 30 something with this pregnancy at the beginning was a little challenging. Actually, closer to, oh, this is another thing that kind of serves as a, guidance to see if it's hyperemesis the hormones that causes morning sickness they affect you a lot on the first trimester but this one as the placenta grows it also kind of brings more challenge so for me the worst has started when i'm like 10 or 11 weeks pregnant when when it's supposed to be when it's tapering off you know the, the first trimester for hyperemesis it kind of gets more intense so that has been my experience and other people that have shared and then towards the end, because the baby is growing, like right now, for example, I feel that the last two weeks or so have been a little bit more challenging. Maybe the last week, a little bit more challenging. And I don't know if it has to do with that or or the heat. You just never know.
0: <laughs> but Yeah, it's hot in Nashville right now, for sure.
1: It, yeah, it is very hot.
0: Is it surreal to be carrying a person inside of you like that? Yes.
1: Yes, it
0: is, and sometimes I
1: can't believe it I mean i'm I'm 40 now, and I at one point I thought like I'm not gonna have kids like that's just not. so now to think that I'm about to be a mother of two and that I have grown humans in my belly, yeah, it's so real.
0: Yeah, do you have a name already picked out?
1: No, no yet. we have a few candidates it's, it's a bit challenging because we want to find a name that It goes well in English and in Spanish and that both grandparents can pronounce and that it doesn't sound like one way, like in English, you know, like, for example, Ivan is one name we have thought about, Ivan, the name is Ivan or Ivan, so we've been, like, talking about options, but no.
0: I know an Ivan. He's a great person. So I—that's a good one. Yeah.
1: Good <laughs> yeah, name. He's very. I like the way he sounds. Strong. Actually, he has like yeah, strong and like very Ivan. It sounds like yeah. A
0: little. It is musical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what's coming up for you? Do you have to take time off? I assume when you have the baby.
1: Yes, I do. I do. I really
0: like to. I like to breastfeed,
1: and I am a big um, advocate of. Uh, skin time and, and just having that time and it's also hard you don't sleep so being realistic it's like you just want to do this <laughs> for a second so but i'm trying to do a few things before before the baby comes i i've been working on doing more lessons like voice lessons that's something that i'm very passionate about because i feel that you know we, we've been talking about how the, the vomiting hurts my throat. I, honestly, I feel that without what I know, what I had to learn to take care of my voice as a singer, I probably wouldn't have a voice right now. And, uh, and that motivates me even more to share. I think that that's something that everybody should know. Even if you're, if you're a singer or not, it doesn't matter. We all have voices. We talk so much. We're, you know, exposed. This year, I had COVID twice. Oh, sorry about that. Right, on top of everything, Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and without like taking care of my voice, I, I don't know where would have ended up. So I want to do more of that, like sharing more with people and getting them to learn how to take care of their voices, how to you know use them in a better way that is easier to project, to connect with their breathing and all that. So that's something that I've been working on and want to work on more that's great and, yeah and working on my songwriting too That is it's something that i have kind of like forgot like not not forgotten but i haven't released uh, many new things because so i've been working on other stuff i do a bunch of stuff apart from music and sometimes the, the the days just go and you're like oh wait a minute right i'm a musician i'm supposed to release new music what are some of
0: the other things you're doing
1: I do interpreting. That's something that I discovered. Like uh, my love for languages, I like languages, and I just learned that I like doing conference interpreting, like that simultaneous interpreting, and also medical, like helping people
0: receive, you know, care. And so that's important because I think for a lot of people, especially you know, when, when the, if an immigrant comes to this country and they need health care and they may not have a real grasp of the English language, it's really important to have advocacy and yes. someone that can translate what's being said to them so they can make informed, solid decisions. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's crucial. Tell people how they can find you and especially if there's any pregnant people out there that might have questions for you and, and might be suffering from this. As Absolutely. You, as you yes. have.
1: I will be happy to share, you know, this is something so hard, horrible uh, that I wish on nobody. And yeah, if there's anything, you know, I, I probably should make a list of the things that work for me so I can share.
0: Or if yeah, you- I, I mean, and I can put links on Hey Human podcast. So if there's any particular things you want me to share, I'm happy to put there, th- those things out there. Oh, that will be, yes, yes. Okay,
1: let, let me think
0: about that. Like,
1: yeah. I think, But that would be great, you know, because it and, might help someone. Yeah, and and how, or if somebody wants to sing and be like, I really want to learn how to take care of my voice and I want to go and do it with Marcela, then I'll be happy to hear from you.
0: <laughs> how can they find you? What, what's your website?
1: My website is Marcela, M-A-R-C-E-L-A, just one L, good in Spanish. And my last name is Pinilla pinilla acom marcelapinilla.com some of these new passions that I have picked up for the past few years and, and everything that I've learned all these years as a vocalist helped me with, with my COVID and pregnancy challenges I want to create this workshop where I heal with people if anybody is going through something hard there's going to be a class just for that like to take care of our voices And because it's as important as learning uh, technique, right, to stay healthy. So that's one of the things that I want to have in the website, the options for people to just choose exactly what they need and to basically send invitation uh, next month to walk with me this journey. Like if anybody's going through the same then we're just going to heal together. We're going to meet. I haven't decided every day or every other other day to keep that continuity. For for a few weeks, we're just going to heal together. That's and great. With our voices,
0: so I love that, and I have had the the experience of seeing you perform. It's really fun. It's a really fun show, and multilingual, and exciting, and lots of movement and sound, and it's wonderful. Thank you, thank you so much. I yeah. I
1: love doing music. I'm I'm so happy that I get to do that.
0: And yeah, that's I- lovely. Well, thank you, Marcella, for being on the show, and I wish you all the best and and for your family as well, and that you stay healthy. Susan, I really appreciate you having me. This is really cool. I mean, you have had
1: so many amazing people in your podcast. I feel honored. I was ah, like... Ah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for listening, you. everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Be happy. Bye.
0: Rate, review, follow, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.